Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. My name is Steve Weinberger. I'm the CEO of the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation. We are recording these sessions for the purposes of Clearwater Jazz Holiday Education and Outreach. Although you are muted during the session, please feel free to use the chat feature or the raise my hand feature and we will make sure we get any and all questions to Butch. Uh, you know, as we get into things, these sessions are all brought to you by the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation, the organization responsible for producing the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Music Festival and year-round education and outreach. If you have any feedback regarding these sessions or you would like to see a special topic, please email us at info, I-N-F-O, at clearwaterjazz.com, and you can see all of the upcoming sessions at clearwaterjazz.com education. You can see session recaps there. In some instances, you can see session materials. And certain of the participating musicians are helping to create some special Spotify links that we have listed on that page as well that complement these videos. And so, for instance, Butch Thomas today has a Spotify link he has started and will add to as we go forward. And you can link right to that recommended listening right from the education and outreach page at clearwaterjazz.com under Butch's topic. So before we get started, let me, let me tell you a little bit about Butch. Butch is a regular participant of Clearwater Jazz Holiday Education and Outreach. He works with us on our History of Jazz program throughout the school system and our My Journey with Jazz program in more economically challenged areas in our community. He was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. He received a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Music from Webster University. Soon after graduating, Butch relocated to New York City, where he established a relationship with the great instrumentalist and composer Jaco Pastorius, and the rest was history. He continued on to perform with well-established artists, including The Temptations, Thomas Dolby, and Lenny Kravitz. He received a number of video credits uh, along the way. He would later tour extensively with Sting, after which he became placed in demand by yet another hierarchy of stars. If you'd like to get in touch with Butch, you can reach out to him on Facebook. He's available for online lessons, recording sessions, and he is just a delight. We are so happy to have him on our team and participate in, in these sessions. Butch, welcome to Clearwater Jazz Holidays Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. We're ready to go with your second session, which topic is a daily practice regimen for the serious player. The stage is all yours, my friend. Hello, Steve. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. My name is Butch Thomas. And today, I would like to discuss a topic about practice regimen for the serious musician. Now, this pertains to all instruments. There's different warm-up approaches, but in particular, since I am a woodwind player, I'm going to talk about long tones, and that goes for anybody that plays brass or woodwind instruments. Okay, this is talking about having command of your instrument, where you can play loud or soft, at a given moment when it's appropriate. 
Now, when you were playing in ensembles, whether large or small, there's going to be a lot of dynamic factors. And that's what makes the music effective. So what I do, when I first begin to practice, I do long tone exercises. I put the metronome on 60. Now it's a total equal of 12 beats. Six from triple piano to triple forte, back down to triple piano, the latter six beats. It sounds like this. That's the first thing you should do over the whole instrument, from the lowest note to the highest note, back down. Now, this is going to take you approximately about 20 minutes to do in its own. Now, your practice time for the serious musician should be a few hours a day. Not just one, not just two, but devote your time. And I don't want you to think about the time when you were practicing. Take your watch off, first of all. Get into your studies. This is what I call a growth practice. Growth practices when you are stepping into the unknown and you were learning about something new. Always strive to do something new. Now along with your long tones after you've done that for about 20-30 minutes, then you do your scales. Your majors, your minors, pure. Dorian minors pure, and your mixolydian scales. Hey, Butch, do we still need the metronome on? No, I will turn that off. Thanks, man. So, after you've done these two things, come your interval exercises. You can take any kind of standard or tune, whether it's original or an older song, and exercise in intervals. Practice each chord in thirds. Once you have gotten the mastery of that, then practice each chord in the interval of fourths. This is going to open up your mental capacity and give you more freedom of command when you take a solo. So if you are going to be doing these things as far as like the intervals and the scales, you must be well-versed or have a great familiarity with these theoretical things. 
because it leads to a bigger picture. Now, along with improvisation, I highly, highly recommend, and I've said this before, one should always find a mentor or a teacher to study with or to be coached. No one's ever too good for that. So invest your time in somebody that's going to give you good guidance. Along with that are technical exercises. Now, my experience and my preference of what I've learned throughout the years, and I've been doing this for about 40 years, my exercise choice is uh, Henry Closet, the 25 Daily Exercises. Now, I've had this book most of my musical career, and a lot of people have studied this book. I got this book from my father, who was a musician. Charlie Parker used to study this book, along with many other greats. This book gives you the f facility of finger combination, which gives you, if you practice it slow, it develops your speed. I advise anyone who is practicing or learning anything, it doesn't matter if it's a song or an exercise or any of that, start slow. Slow is good. It's not about ego. It's not about making mistakes because if you're practicing, that's why you're practicing. You're supposed to make mistakes so you can learn. Hey, Butch, what was, so, the name of, what was the name of that book again? It's called The 25 Daily Exercises by Henry, H-E-N-R-I, Close Stay, capital K-L-O-S-E with an accent mark. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, where was I? You were saying, you were saying, sorry to interrupt you, you were saying, don't be afraid to practice slow. It's not about... Oh, yes. Thank you. That's very, very important in your growth. Do everything slow because that way you can mentally comprehend what you are doing along with listening to yourself as you go along doing this. Listen to every little note. Make sure all your notes are clean and clear at all times. Raise the bar and never accept any kind of like fluff is what I call it. Notes that you are not supposed to play in the note. Or any of that kind of thing. If that makes any sense. Okay. So you have Close or you have Rubank is a standard book that most young people use in schools. They have the elementary, they have the advanced, and they also, before the advanced, they have the intermediate methods, which are also great books, but the Close is more of a specialty book. Highly recommended. The 25 daily exercises, once you get them, it should take you 25 minutes. When you first start going through this book, 
it's going to take you a couple of hours until you've developed speed. Once you get the speed and go back to improvisation, you will definitely notice a difference in your technique and your playing. You have more freedom. You'll have more clarity. But you have to be disciplined because this is a lifestyle. This is not just a hobby. For some, it is. But speaking from my own experience, music is my lifestyle because there's so much to devote to it if you're going to be on the level. So dream, always dream. I encourage you to dream. I've gotten some great opportunities from dreaming, but you have to deliver the goods. which is your preparation. Now, the first half of my practice, I do technical studies. The second half of my practice, I do creative studies, which involves chordal studies based off of improvisation, learning and creating melodic sequential passages or patterns. Some people call them licks. But you have to understand how to apply these things. They might sound great and everything, but if you know how to place them, you can make them more effective. And when you do pattern, learn them in all 12 keys at all times. Now, also based on my choral studies that I would advise people to do is musical um, improvisation. And you could choose, first of all, I would do a hundred choruses of the blues for my practice. You can pick any key you want. You can do all keys if you want, and that's better, but do a hundred choruses. This way it starts to get the cobwebs out of your mind and it teaches you how to create with your imagination a little bit more. And also for the serious player, along with these things, it's preparation, develop a repertoire of music as you go along. Always start out simple. Go up the ladder until you feel comfortable with more challenging things, but always grow. That is the most important thing, is growth. Some of the repertoire that I would suggest for a serious player, and I'm not going to talk about giant steps and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, that's great, but there's a lot of other things. And the most important thing is that you, when you are preparing, do it in the spirit of contributing, not to impress, not to use your gift as a weapon, but actually grow so you can contribute to the world. Whether it's, we're talking about music here, but with everything that you do, but contribute to the world through your studies. There's gonna be up and coming people underneath you that is looking that are looking at you wanting to know what you know 
So it's a responsibility in the big picture of things. It's a big responsibility to do the best you can as far as being a serious player. Are there any questions? Butch, I have a question. Um, you mentioned the uh, the book with the 25 daily practice routines. In, in your own in your own sort of practice regimen, do you still routinely follow those 25 techniques or methods? Absolutely. Let me tell you a story. I hated that book for 20 years. I burned my first copy my father gave me because I didn't want to practice. So years gone by and I started teaching. I got into the book and I realized what the importance was of studying this book. And this is a book you never outgrow. So I still practice this. And yeah, it's something that I will always do. Out of all the books that I have, this is one of my most valuable ones. Would it be out of bounds to ask you to illustrate maybe a couple of the types of things you would find in that book that people watching today could take away from? Um, I'd have to go get the book. It's in my shelf. Okay. Or, or, or maybe some other methods that you do regularly each day, not necessarily in the book, that could be helpful to become part of someone's regular routine. Well, I'd be happy to go get the book. Okay. It will take just a second. This is my close book. I practiced so much the cover came off, and I had to take the findings after a lot of years. Okay, well, number one in the book, I'm going to do this rather medium tempo. exercise number one is it's based off of the C major scale the other ones they go into intervals as I was speaking earlier about the thirds it goes into intervals of fourth exercises and once you get these under your fingers slowly you increase the speed as I said before Butch, we have another question from John who's asking, where do you get the patterns, licks, to practice? Just from listening to recordings? I used to. That's how I first started. Then I did an intense study for a couple of years of Charlie Parker when I was in school. I had the Omni book, and I used to practice the Omni book six hours a day. And I got the records, I got so fluent with it and memorized the solos 
that I could play along with the records. I would go to the record store and find out what Verve copy it was. He was on the Verve label. And eventually I was able to keep up with the recordings. And so I memorized pretty much of the Army book and I started learning things and I knew I knew licks. I studied the Oliver Nelson book at the same time. I knew licks, but I didn't know how to apply them. So when I got with Jocko, Jocko Pastorius, he heard me reciting the Omni book one day, and I thought I had everybody snowed over, right? Jocko came up to me and he said, why don't you start learning your own stuff? I was like, well, I got snagged on that, so I might as well start learning my own stuff. So Jocko used to sit me down. He was like one of my teachers. He used to sit me down at the piano all the time and show me how to solo over things, over chords. He would play the chord and tell me what to play. So I would learn that in all 12 keys. And that's how I basically learned lines. Then I had friends like Alex Foster, who's like my brother. He plays on Saturday Night Live, plays alto. And he was one of my greatest mentors too, along with Michael Brecker. As a young guy, I was about 22 at the time when I started doing this. This is how I acquired throughout the years, little by little, about learning about phrasing. I don't like to call it licks. These are phrases. Just like when you speak to somebody. I hope that makes some, you know, that question a little bit clearer. Yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned a couple of resources in that answer. You talked about the Omni book and you mentioned something by Nelson. What, what, can you elaborate on what those books are for someone who may not be familiar? Okay. Now this is the very first book that I ever had received. My father gave me this book. I didn't know what to think, heads or tails, because I didn't even know how to read music back then that well. It's called The Patterns for Jazz by Oliver Nelson. The Patterns for Jazz by Oliver Nelson? Yes. Okay. And so tell me tell me a little bit more about that book. What what wh how is that book presented and is it still available? Yes. I think you can find it through Jamie Abersold now. Okay. You met, You also mentioned as part of your practice routine that a portion of it was more technical and then you switched to a more creative portion of it. So, yes. So what, if you, how do you, what do you do as part of a creative sort of practice regimen what sort of tips, methods, ideas can you lend to people that are watching today to help them in that type of creative process? Okay, well, as I've mentioned before, your creative studies have to be choral studies based on improvisation. And you're learning and creating a lot of sequential patterns in the process. Improvising over standards. If you create, if you write, I encourage that a whole lot. That's where the money's at in the writing, eventually. Learn how to solo over different things. 
learn how to solo over the different forms. There's a 12-bar blues. There's a blues with a diminished chord in it. There's your basic 1-4-5 blues, which I touched on last week. There is lots of different things that you can solo over. That's why I encourage you to play 100 courses of the blues every day as a warm-up. Then you do all these other things and develop your repertoire of songs. And the most important thing that I want to stress on is transposition. Now, if you're a B-flat player, you're going to transpose up a whole step. If you are an E-flat player, you're going to transpose up a minor third or a sixth. Learn how to sight read. The fake book for us is a good example. Learn how to sight read the concert keys and transpose at the same time. This is going to develop your eyes. And one last thing I want to touch on is double timing. Now, this is a dying art for jazz players. Double timing just means that you're going to double your tempo when you are solo. If the tempo's here, that's double timing, as opposed to So, learn a facility. This is what the Close A book is all about. This is one of the reasons Charlie Parker could play so good double time. And Coltrane. So, if you do these things on a daily basis, your playing will greatly improve. And I have, a, there's so much to talk about. You know, I teach lessons, and if you would like to study musical concepts, if you're a guitar player or bass player or piano player or whatever, I'm here. If you want to take technical saxophone lessons or flute lessons, I am available. So feel free to contact me. And I'd love to hear from you. So, Butch, a um, couple things, because I know we're, we're getting short, a little short on time, and we have two other great sessions scheduled for today, which I'll comment on in a second. But you're going to be back with us on June 4th and again on June 15th. And both of those sessions are divided into two parts, and they're titled uh, Learning Head Charts beginning jazz standards part one and part two um, what can you share as sort of a, a snapshot as to the type of approach you plan to have with those upcoming sessions basically learning tunes from memory with no sheet music in front of you the approach that i like to use as far as learning songs like this is doing them in sections so what we're going to talk about is the A section, the B section, and the C section, or whatever kind of um, arrangement it is. So we, this is basically what we're going to talk about. No, we definitely look forward to that. To that Again, that's on June 4th and June 15th. Um, we also have created a link next to your topic today to, a spot of, to our Clearwater Jazz Holiday Spotify channel. And we put a couple songs in that link for people to reference, and we plan to add to it as we go forward with you in other sessions. Um, can you comment on the, the tracks that we put in that, in that playlist so far today 
and any relevance they might have to the topic today? Absolutely. The two songs that I recommended to listen to were dedicated primarily to double timing technique. One is called Blue Train by John Coltrane, where he mixes double time and swing two and four together. Another good song that I had recommended was called Kim by Charles Parker. This also represents a perfect example of double time. Now, if you're not familiar with the term double time, once again, it's basically just playing fast. But you're doing it within a context of tempo and time. So this is what we're going to start talking about next week as far as after we start, you know, listening to the double time things. That's great, Butch. Well, we, 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 we're really happy to have you involved with these sessions. Um, you, you bring some really interesting topics to the table and um, a, a wealth of experience. So we really appreciate that. We have a packed afternoon today. We've got Tyler Workman and Frank Williams coming back with us at 4.30 today on their basic trombone fundamental series major scale and arpeggios practice is today's topic and that and that's always great anytime you get frank williams around anything we're doing we're going to have a good time and learn something and then um for his first solo session mark Feynman of la lucha is joining us today at 5 30 with a session on drums the quarter note system, a rhythmic guide to creativity. So we've got some great stuff later today. And then next week and into June, if you go to clearwaterjazz.com's education page, all of these sessions are free. We've got some piano stuff next week. Alejandro Arenas returns with more bass sessions. And then James Suggs on trumpet, Dwayne White, and the list goes on. And of course, Butch is going to be back with us. So we appreciate everybody participating today. Butch, any final thoughts for, for the viewers today? Well, if you're real serious about what you're doing, make sure you have a quality practice or a quality preparation. Because your key is preparation to be able to do big things. Don't settle for being just good. The enemy of good is great. So be great. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Butch, thank you so much again for joining us. Everybody, we hope to see you for some of these later sessions today or in the near future. And uh, thank you to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation for making these possible. Thank you to our great supporters, including the Al Downing Tampa Bay Jazz Association, Pinellas Realtor Organization, and others. Be well, stay safe, keep playing, and Butch, we will see you next time. All right. Thank you, Steve. See you later, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. This podcast series is presented by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. 
To watch the video of this full session, please visit the Education and Outreach page at clearwaterjazz.com and click on the studio. You can also learn more about the annual Clearwater Jazz Holiday Music Festival tradition and Clearwater Jazz Holiday's year-round education and outreach at clearwaterjazz.com.